0: If you want the freedom to impact the world, pursue the work that you love, and spend your time on your own terms, you need agency over your life. In today's episode, I interview Patrick Cummings and John Gilson to talk about their new project, Optimal. They have a formula to help you systematically increase your health, wealth, and time so you can start living the life you imagine for yourself. You're going to love this conversation, so stay tuned. You're listening to the Digital Barbell Podcast. We believe that if you work hard, you deserve results and that your training and nutrition should enhance your life, not take it over. Our mission is to provide you with a clear path to health and fitness through education, connection, coaching, and accountability. We are your hosts, Jonathan and Blakely Fletcher, and we are here to serve you. If you like what we're doing, please subscribe to this podcast and leave us a five-star review so we can reach more people. You can find us daily on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Digital Barbell. Now, let's get to today's topic. All right, guys, welcome to the Digital Barbell Podcast. Thank you for being here as always. Thank you for your only five star ratings and reviews. Get out of here with that less than five star nonsense. (laughs) <laughs> We've got a special episode for you today. If this is your first time listening to the Digital Warbell Podcast, you're in for a treat. Subscribe while you're here. You could also be watching this on YouTube. Yes. Be sure to like this video, mash the subscribe button so you can notify it every time we put something out. But like I said, we have a special episode for you today. I had the pleasure of interviewing John and Patrick. They have a new project. I'm talking about John Gilson and Patrick Cummings. They started an equipment company back in 2017 ish called Again Faster. We've owned Again Faster gear in the past. You They've, know what else? What, what? I
1: did, I don't know if they did this only one year. I did an Again Faster competition back in like 2010.
0: I forgot about that.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's pretty
0: cool. You may have met one of them without even knowing. No, no,
1: it. no. It was like an online competition. Oh, it was mind. like you did, it was like it was four, like four or five workouts. Yeah. And you submitted your scores you know, and then they picked a team, and I can't remember what the, it was like you won, I don't know.
0: You were do those at the Rice oh, Gym, yeah. I think, yeah.
1: Yeah, you got to become like, and again, faster team or something, I don't know, anyway. Okay, but
0: anyway, John and Patrick <laughs> have gone on to do many things apart, and now they're back together working on a project called Optimal Agency. Mm-hmm. That's all about helping you look at your health, your wealth, and your time, and optimizing those things to build the life that you want. And we specifically got into the time aspect today, mind-blowing stuff, a lot of action items that personally I need to work on, and I think everybody's going to get a lot of value out of this, so you're going to love this interview. But we got to mention our sponsor before we get to the actual okay. interview. We're sponsored by the Buda, Texas <laughs> Weenie Dog Races. People, it's, a,
1: it's a real thing, guys. People are like,
0: I thought this was a fitness podcast. <laughs> what in the world is going on here?
1: It's fitness for dogs.
0: There weren't a lot of fit-looking dogs in those races. Okay, so let's back up there's a we live near a city called Buda Texas mm-hmm. looks like Buda B-U-D-A but apparently it's the wiener dog capital of the world and we Native have America okay well, let's say world just you know, blow get it <laughs> blow it up a little yeah. bit here but our, our dog Buttons is a cho she's part chihuahua and wiener dog she's way more jacked and yeah. bigger than any of the weenie she dogs looks,
1: she's very athletic <laughs>
0: but anyway we heard this was a thing we're like it's 20 minutes down the road we-
1: we've got to check it out it's the 26th annual wiener dog festival and people were people there were people from canada there were people coming from all over the country to enter their you had to to enter the races it had to be a full dachshund like yeah. just and to enter the, <laughs> enter the races um they did have a mixed breed you know maybe we'll make we'll in her buttons next year. Dude, buttons
0: would have destroyed yeah. every dog out there that I saw running those races. But it was
1: hilarious. It, if the dog understands that, like, when the gate opens, they need to go, because a lot of <laughs> them were just like, Ooh, other dogs, what are we doing here? And some of them were like, oh, Ah, yeah. eye on the prize. And some were just like, doo doo do. But it was hilarious. It was hilarious. I have never seen this many dachshunds. I mean, there's we took hundreds her. We and hundreds. There, yeah, yeah, there's hundreds. Everybody had one. It was just <laughs> weird. It was weird.
0: We had a lot of wiener jokes that day. Let's who knew?
1: As many wieners lived in Austin. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was hilarious. So thanks for jumping yeah. on board as a sponsor, guys. Um, send us some dog food or something. I don't know. But yeah, uh, we'll be there next year. We'll, uh, we'll have buttons. Uh, so if you want to sponsor buttons next year in the race, reach out at, at com. All right, well, let's get into this interview with John and Patrick of Optimal Agency. Okay, friends of the podcast will recognize one of today's guests. We talked with Patrick Cummings last year about how to get not busy. Definitely one of our most popular episodes out there. I'll probably put a link to that in the show notes. Uh, But today, Patrick is joined by his long-term friend and business partner, John Gilson, to talk about a new project they're working on called Optimal Agency. So thanks for being here, guys.
2: Thank you. Yeah, my pleasure, John.
0: I guess if you guys had brought EC into this Project as a third partner, you would have called it Optimize Me Agency. <laughs> it's okay, not bad too joke. late. We're, it's
2: not too late. We're, let's. We're, I'll call her. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, okay, so for our listeners that don't know, you guys started an equipment company together called Again Faster, like seventeen years ago. Does that sound possible? Gosh, and uh, that's
2: possible. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's right. Yeah.
0: You guys have gone on to do a lot of different things since then um, i think some things together but some things apart also what what makes you guys good business partners
2: oh nobody's ever asked that before <laughs> i think i'm gonna i'll go first john but i'm super interested in what i i think you know it's funny i remember that i remember so he john and i started again faster in 2006-7 when we were both working at a bank we we're working at a kind of a fancy uh, uh bank in boston different different branches but same bank and I remember that my boss at the branch that I worked, at, I hated being at the bank. Like John was a, a good, in, I'll let you, I don't know if he was a good employee. He was like, he was there and it made sense for him. I was there cause I just like needed to get out of my parents' basement. And so like, I didn't make sense for me to be there, but my boss, I remember my boss once she realized like, cause she sort of knew John and she obviously knew me. She's like, I don't understand how you guys are friends because John and I are just like, if you don't spend more than like 10 minutes. Like it doesn't make, it doesn't seem like it would make sense that he and I would get along as well as we do, but we always have. Um, and so I think that we come at the world and at life and our personalities are different, but we always, we tend to get to the same place. And I think that that's why we've always gotten along is because we're, we're different enough, but I think we always kind of, our center is always relatively close to each other.
0: Mm -hmm. That makes sense. You, John. Yeah, I've
3: always felt like Patrick was the ultimate enabler. I, if you've ever had a conversation with Pat Cummings, like you're going to get disagreed with almost never. It, you know, if we <laughs> if we tested him on the the uh, big five personality yeah, traits, that, I think he'd be really high agreeableness in agreeableness. High. Yeah. I'm like off the charts in the other direction. I'll disagree with you just to do it. I don't even mean to disagree with you just to do it. You know, <laughs> you're a, you're a contrarian. Uh, yeah, I'm a contrarian by nature. And so I think I, I'm able to level that contrarian by nature at the world of products and services and the world at large and to say, hey, here's a big gap that nobody's looking at. And Patrick's the guy who can say, okay, not only do I agree with you that that gap exists, but here's some ways to enable the creation of that voice and that product through video, through written word, through brand, et cetera. And so I think that that kind of combination of intensely agreeable and intensely disagreeable gets us to a lot of fun places.
0: You guys are like an Oreo cookie.
1: Uh,
0: (laughs) I, uh, but I also get a sense that both of you guys are executors. Like you like to have a plan of what to do and you like to attack the plan.
2: Yeah, I think, I think that's right. I think we, you know, thinking specifically about, you know, I, I would say the, the process of, again, faster was, considerably different than, you know, and unsurprisingly, you know, 15, almost 20 years later, like we've learned a lot, we've done a lot, we've grown a lot. Um, but with Optimal Agency, it's been fun to have a period of really like we, it was just like, I think there's an idea here and what might that idea be and what could it be and what might be the the right way to go about it or think about it or present it or or, or bring it to the world. And then at some point it was like, okay, that's it. Now, what do we do? Like, what do we have to mm-hmm. do now? Like, what are the steps? And so that's been really fun to go through that whole process because with again, faster, at least for me, it was very much like, Oh, this is kind of cool. Let's see what happens tomorrow. (laughs) And then that tomorrow continued for years and years and years. And for me, it was just like, I was just trying to kind of keep up and ride that wave and have fun and like try to contribute how I could, where I could. And now with the experience of, you know, the last 15 or 20 years to be a little bit more intentional has been really cool. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Well, that's a good transition into the actual project that we're talking about today, you guys tell us what optimal agency is and
3: who it's for. Yeah. Uh, optimal agency is an outgrowth of first, my interest, ironically in personal finance, and so Patrick and I had an, an aborted project during the pandemic called greater than money, where I tried to lay out the rules of personal finance and the behaviors of the financially aware, and we we kept talking about it after we recorded those first six episodes and the takeaway was that's not enough. Like you can't just be rich. It's not, it's not cool to be financially independent and have no higher purpose, no desire to impact the world. And so we said, okay, if you wanted to have a true purpose, if you wanted to have impact on the world, let's work backwards. What would you need first? And you'd need obviously enough, uh, wealth relative to your needs that you didn't have to jump every time somebody offered you an opportunity or every time your boss called, uh, you'd have to be healthy enough to actually take advantage of it. You know, you need the, the cardiovascular capacity, the ability to move yourself around the world and you need time. You know, if you truly want to levy an impact on the world, on society, however you define that, you've got to have some control over your time. And so we went back to the drawing board and said, okay, How do we give you the freedom and autonomy that comes from simultaneously having health, wealth and time and enable you to leverage that to have the impact you want to have on the world? And so this project is first the uh, elucidation of those rules. We came up with six for each for health, wealth and time. Uh, And then what behaviors do you have to have to get all of those things? And I think the implicit and underlying thing that's super important as we talk about this is that your agency, your personal autonomy and freedom doesn't come from having one of these. It comes from having all of them and having all of them in balance because it's really easy to imagine, hey, I'm super rich. I have no time for my kids. I have no time for my health. And we know those people, you know, or I spend all my time on my health and I live in my parents' basement, you know, and so there's a whole bunch of kind of combinations here.
0: Yeah, that's that's fascinating stuff. Do you want to add anything to that, Patrick?
2: No, just just that I think that one of the things that I I really responded to and still am responding to with this project is that it it gave me I think it 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 can give people a really powerful filter through which we can begin to make consistent decisions in a certain direction.
3: Mm-hmm. In other words,
2: I think it's really hard, especially when you're younger, but even as you as you go, it's really hard to know through what through what sort of prism should i make big life decisions and i think one yeah. of the things about these three big you know markers health wealth and time is they give you that perspective to say is this big decision whatever that might be or even a series of small decisions is this job is this place to move is this relationship um allowing me to move and allowing me to strengthen my health wealth and time or if mm-hmm. by saying yes to this am i also saying no to the the time energy and focus on my health the the time energy focus on my my wealth or my time freedom right so it allows us to have a kind of common language through which we can mm-hmm. make decisions toward what we believe is is should be or could be the aim of everybody which is an increase of agency so that we have an increase of impact
0: yeah uh, uh, frameworks are really big right now. Everybody's talking about their framework to do things and your rules for each of these categories are essentially the framework to become, uh, the own agent in your life, optimizing all these things. So I like, I like the approach that you took here. And, uh, you guys were just recently on a mutual friend of ours podcast, Justin Green, where you guys went deeper into the, um, the wealth side of this. And maybe people are thinking we're going to go into the health side of things here, since this is the digital barbell podcast, but You really can't focus on your health unless you have the time and the resources to do that. So we're going to focus on the time aspect of things, but I would encourage our listeners to go listen to Justin's episode of Dollars and Dumbbells where he had you guys on and talked about the wealth because that was really fascinating. I got to listen to that yesterday. So let's get into time. It's a big
2: surprise he wanted to talk to us about money though, right? No (laughs) curveballs from Justin.
0: He's a good guy, man. I I like (laughs) Justin a lot. I like giving them a hard time and and vice versa. Okay. So let's, let's talk about time then. everybody wants more time, but really, if you think about it, you can increase your health, you can increase your wealth, but there is no way to actually increase the amount of time that you have. We're all allotted the same amount of time. So, um, you guys probably don't want to play favorites, but where does time rank in the order of importance out of the three, um, Mm. pieces of the recipe for optimal agency
2: good
3: question yeah i think uh, uh wouldn't it be fun to have ranked answers to things that all matter <laughs> uh, and it, ultimately i think that your observation at the outset your implicit observation on how you introduce this is really keen which is your wealth can go to the moon it's unbounded your health well it's semi-bounded but it can it can be increased uh you know there's less utility in every marginal gain but it can be increased you don't get more time uh and so you know, you could say that having time is the foundation of being able to generate wealth through compounding, or or that time is the foundation of being able to do that workout, that run, that stretching session, that connection with your friends, etc. So, uh, I'm not going to rank them for you, but uh, it's it's pretty important. Yeah,
2: yeah. The the thing I think about is like that with that question. It's like, well, what's the most important part of you know something, uh, Jonathan? I know you talk about a, a lot. Obviously, is just health. It's like, well, it's sleep okay, well, if you ask somebody else, it's going to be nutrition. If you ask somebody else, it's going to be uh, training, right? Or, you know, uh, weightlifting or fill in the blank. And so I think we can all come at it uh, from a, from a slightly unique perspective. And it often is probably the thing that you like the most, honestly, like that's the most important Mm. thing, right? If, for, if you're like, if you've paid attention to your personal finances and that's a thing you pay, you know, you care about, and, uh, and you've been working on it, like that might be the most important thing because it's the thing that you're the best at, right? Mm-hmm. If you prioritized your health, like a, pro- a lot of people who are listening to this, that's probably the most important thing, but it's also probably the thing that you've spent the most time already doing. And so the, the better question might be of the three, which do you not want to pay attention to the most? And that's probably the one that's the most important.
0: Yeah, the one that you suffer with the most is probably right. the most important to you, <laughs> right. which is probably the one you want to give the least attention to. Exactly. Yep. So I talked about at the beginning that uh, you broke all these categories up into rules. So I thought we could just go through the six rules for time and spend a little bit of time on each one. Does that sound good? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. The first one is default to no. Every people please are listening to this just got this like queasy feeling in their stomach. <laughs> what's the power in saying no?
3: Oh God, it's really that? the opportunity cost of your time. Uh, we have really two choices. We can let other people decide how we spend our time, or we can decide how we spend our time. And, uh, we have these competing priorities in our mammalian hindbrain, which are be a member of the tribe, be helpful to others. Don't be alone. Don't get kicked out of the tribe. Mm -hmm. And so we tend to default to yes. Somebody says, Hey, a colleague at work, can you help me with this? Of course I can right? Uh, you know, somebody in the family says, Hey, can you pick Can you pick the kids up after swim practice? I can't make it. Of course I can, you know, and so we default to yes, because it's it's our social instinct. And at the same time, what it does is it substitutes other people's priorities for our own. And so every time I'm saying yes to something, even things that are highly attractive, there are two things I'm substituting in somebody else's priorities. And the other is implicitly I haven't decided what my own are. In other words, if you, Jonathan, say right now, hey, Gilson, I'd love to have you be a constant contributor to Digital Barbell, would you come on board? And I'm not, quote unquote, doing anything. Saying yes to you frees me of the hard work of deciding what I'm going to do with the rest of my days, you know? And so default to know not only preserves the opportunity to cost your time, but it puts the onus on you to discover what impact you're supposed to have on the world.
0: Yeah, that's that's like an oof statement where you're like, oh, that that kind of hurts to think about the fact I'm maybe just saying yes to everything because I don't actually want to decide what I want to do.
2: Yeah, yeah. The only thing that I and John and I did uh, a whole episode on this particular rule um, on the Optimal Agency podcast. But one of my favorite things from that conversation that he and I have was the recognition to this point w- is, that we have we are we have so many choice we are making so many choices. Even when we don't realize they are choices, and so like step one of not defaulting to to, to um, or to, to default to no rather is to recognize that that we have all of these choice points, and that we've got to get really aware of when we're making choices versus because it's it's right in there defaulting when we default mm-hmm. to something we we're not making a choice anymore we're just like slipping into what we've done before, and so it's just be it's just really important to recognize the the power we have in every single one of those choices first Mm -hmm. and then once you recognize that you make the right appropriate uh decision at that particular time for that particular context
0: yeah makes me think about like one of the skills we help people with on nutrition coaching is you know creating space between the time that somebody thinks about making a nutrition choice whether it be positive or negative, a little bit of space to, before you actually take the action on it. So I think that that that's kind of the same thing we need here. Maybe if it's too hard to swallow to default to no right off the bat, maybe you default to let me think about it. And it gives you some Mm. time to actually, you know, rationally think, is this a beneficial thing for me or not? Maybe it's a stepping stone to know (laughs) for somebody who's
3: scared. And I'd argue that, uh, we tend to view no as a hard surface, it's not. Uh, no is often the beginning of the negotiation. In other words, uh, saying no to an opportunity, if you are sufficiently the right person for that opportunity, the person asking you is probably going to be persistent, right? And you get to then start to set the terms of engagement for whatever it is you're saying no to, uh, to suit your lifestyle, your time, need your preservation of your health and your wealth. And so, uh, no is not an atom bomb. And I think that's something to really just understand, uh, that you might start with no and what that actually engenders is a conversation, uh, about, well, okay, why no? Uh, and in explaining yourself, you often get the opportunity to set expectations, to drive communication cadences, to even if, if you're, Uh, you know, so if you see it as appropriate to spend the time, to think deeper about the opportunity.
0: And if you're dealing with somebody where no is the atom bomb conversation and they stop talking to you for a week, that's probably a good signal that it's not a great relationship to be in, or at least there needs to be a conversation (laughs) about expectations.
3: Yeah. One of the things about default to know that we tie to, and this is probably running a little far afield from what we're talking about, but we have the six behaviors of the time aware. And number three is decline with grace. There's yeah. a way to say no without, you know, uh, ruining your relationships. There's a way to say no and ruin relationships. And there's a whole spectrum in between.
0: Yeah, I like that. Okay. Well, let's move on to the next rule. Uh, number two is limit recurring This is a cool one. Um, you call it in the, in the, on your website, the yes, that keeps on taking, (laughs) Mm -hmm. I only only worked in corporate America for a year right out of college for Liberty Mutual selling uh, workers comp insurance. I don't really want to think about that, but I was shocked by how much time was wasted in these like pointless reoccurring meetings that were on calendars. Like I literally, I'm pretty sure I fell asleep in multiple of these meetings, but how are these, (laughs) how are these kinds of reoccurring things taking away from our agency?
3: They are, in my perspective, absolutely the yes that keeps on taking and, again, they're freeing you from deciding. In other words, people use recurring meetings as a substitute for action. So let's say that the three of us are on a project together. Let's say that we're going to, I don't know, uh, we're going to build a sauna in my backyard. If you guys want to come, actually, that'd be great if you can come <laughs> help with that. Right. But if I say, OK, you know, here are the stages and I need you for eight hours on this Saturday and then we'll just get together for two hours every other Saturday to keep working on it. Well, what does that free me from? It frees me from ever having to decide how important working on it is versus anything else I've got going on. It gets you captive to the project, et cetera. It becomes this shorthand for we're going to do work. You know, the opposite would require more cognitive resources. We'd have to say, okay, I need you for three hours, two Saturdays from now what we put in the stove, because that's how long that's going to take. And then I actually don't need you at all the Saturday following when we put the siding on, because I can do that myself, you know? And so recurring commitments aren't only something that takes from the people that say yes to them. They're another default that frees you of making good, solid, decent choices about how to use your time from a zero-based budget over and over again. Mm-hmm makes you feel like you're doing something though. Mm-hmm the substitution of motion for action. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> it kind of makes me think about, I think we all probably have that one friend who just signed up for a race, just signed up for a Tough Mudder, just signed up. They get the rush out of the, you know, the, the buildup of the thing, committing to the thing. And that's kind of like the same feeling you get from, I did it. We had a meeting. We're, we're, fired up. We're going to do something, but you didn't actually do anything. You just like, you got together and talked about it.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: It's a lot easier to, to talk about it though, than to do it. Yeah. <laughs> There's no stakes in talking about it. You can't fail at talking about it. I feel like doing it though.
0: You can fall asleep though. Okay. um, All right. That's a really good one. Um, I think a lot of us are guilty of that one. Okay. Let's talk about the next one. Preserve unstructured time. This was another like big oof one for me. Something I struggle with. Tell us what you guys mean by this one.
2: Yeah. I I think, I mean, I I think it's, 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 it's right there. And I think you said it. I think I struggle with it too. It's just this, this concept. And it's what we're talking about. The recurring, you know, saying yes, saying yes to recurring things. What we're doing is we're just filling up our time we're just filling up our days we're just filling up our attention just so that we don't have empty space just so that we don't have empty time because we don't really know what to do with those things we're not mm-hmm. comfortable with this this lack of uh often uh, exterior constraints we're not comfortable with a, a, an empty day where we're where it's our job to now fill it with something that we feel is meaningful or useful or productive or whatever. And so this is and this is really like John and I've talked like this is uh, a big weakness of mine. This unstructured time and it's partially because of kids, it's partially because of work, it's partially because I like to be relatively busy, right? Like, but what do you miss? What are you lacking when you don't have three hours in the afternoon to just see what happens? and i think it's important i think it's important to to have time where you're not giving it to something else or to somebody else because we need that space we need that uh we need that opportunity to decompress to think, to listen to ourselves to take care of ourselves and we're always so quick to give away unstructured time because it doesn't feel important but it's just as important it's just as important as structured time it's just as important as being, you know, quote unquote, productive. Um, But it's a struggle. It's a struggle to maintain unstructured time, for sure.
0: I think, you know, just the, how easy it is to be distracted by social media and our devices is the main thing that would, you know, be my struggle in this, like.
2: Yeah, and that's, and like, what, what a great, you know, a great example of unstructured time is like, maybe the last hour of your day. Finally, there are no demands on you, right? Kids are asleep, nobody's emailing you. Nobody's sending you a text at nine. Well, most people aren't sending you a text at nine. So you've got like this one hour of unstructured time. And what do we too often do with it? Well, we pick up a phone, we turn on Netflix, we do something else that isn't particularly uh, useful, quote unquote useful. And, and so again, we're just not good at maintaining and preserving these little bits, even if they are only little bits of unstructured time. We try to fill them with stuff because- th- then we don't have to sit with ourselves. Then we don't have to listen to ourselves. Then we don't have to um, allow our minds to kind of bubble up whatever stuff has been, you know, we've been shoving down with work or with, with whatever else we're shoving it down with.
3: Yeah, that's, that's the bubbling up is actually incredibly valuable. Yeah. Uh, The idea, you know, I mean, obviously we're talking about a framework here. We're all idea people, you know, we're talking about how to motivate people, how to get people in habits, how to kind of make a difference in the world. Those realizations don't come when you're actively thinking about them. They come when you're quite purposefully not thinking. And you know, if I go on my walk with the dog down the trail and it's I'm in nature, I'm in that fractal environment, I'm allowing that to happen, I'm creating the opportunity for that bubble up to happen. If instead I've got a podcast going in my ears, you know, and I'm thinking about whatever Tim Ferriss said about whatever, as I'm cresting that rise, I'm not allowing that to happen. And so we, I think there's even this, this phenomenon of the pollution of our leisure time. We're saying, okay, this is, you're supposed to be mildly bored here right? You're Mm -hmm. supposed to be letting your subconscious work. You're supposed to be letting spontaneous idea generation happen in a non-cognitively demanding environment. And instead you'll shoehorn anything in there, right? The podcast, the Netflix stream, the phone. Uh, and so I've been practicing literally what happens if I just sit here? What happens if I just walk and, uh, not only do you double triple quadruple the restorative power of that session you also allow serendipity to happen
2: yeah i love that i just uh, slightly related to this i have a cousin she's amazing and wonderful and she's an installation artist uh and i went to a talk she gave recently she's really successful installation artist and she just as an artist her kind of her superpower is noticing things which sounds strange but noticing things is, is what allows her to transform whatever artistic project she's working on into you know, her own thing. right? And so I was listening to her talk and like being an artist is the act of allowing unstructured time into your life. Because in order to create something, you've got to have enough space to let the world inform you <laughs> as to what it should, what you should be working on next. And I just think it's a, I just think it's this wonderful idea of like, even though we're not quote unquote artists to start to move through the world a little bit more like an artist would to, to allow the, to allow yourself the space, the time, the attention, the, the silence, the solitude to just notice what's happening. hmm and when we have no unstructured time, we don't notice everything else because we put blinders on. And I think the blinders are are to John's point, you know, I think we the blinders are a problem,
0: yeah, and they' the, those things that we're filling our time with are a problem too, because they're influencing our own thoughts about ourselves, the way that we treat other people, expectations for ourselves. But like, you know, it's, it's, you know, as a business owner, do you always feel like you should be doing more? I think that's one of the struggles that I have. Like there's always another email to write. There's always a client to check on. Um, so sitting and doing nothing feels like a a hard transition to make. What are your thoughts on using other creative hobbies as a substitute for just blank space, like playing the guitar, drawing Mm. those
3: kinds of things? yeah I, i'm happy to give you mine i mean i think that in the preservation of unstructured time in your calendar which is what we're talking about here you can insert what you want to insert in there what i'm we're exhorting you not to insert is someone else's priorities mm-hmm. so if your priority is to play that guitar play that guitar brother you know if your priority is to deadlift deadlift if your priority is to get out on that trail and run a 5k do it you know, but don't give that time away because having it makes you uncomfortable.
0: Yeah. That's a great way to say it, Yeah. Okay. You drop the mic on that one. We'll leave that one right there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's go on to number four, volunteer with caution. This one reminds me of my time as a photographer, because people would reach out and be like, Hey, I've got this opportunity for you. I'm, I'm having this event. You can bring your camera, come out and shoot it. You'll give me the pictures. It'll be great exposure for you. Sounds like a great <laughs> idea on the surface. Patrick is laughing because he's probably had this happen also. <laughs> yep. But uh, but it's a trap. <laughs> yep. T- talk to us about this one. Go
3: ahead, <laughs> what was the original I'll, formulation? I'll say, like, what was the original formulation of this role? Because it wasn't volunteer with caution.
2: No, I, this is exactly what I was just going to say. It was it was. It was harder than this. It was basically don't volunteer. Oh. <laughs> uh, it, was, it was a version of that. And don't I think, be a fool. I we, yeah, I think we softened it a little because there probably is context in which v- volunteering, however one might define that, is valuable, is uh is in line with what you're trying to do with trying to build your agency, your health, wealth, the time, et cetera. But I think it's the with caution that is the thing that to, to focus on primarily.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And one of the things that I've seen, so I, I worked in a um, corporate startup for about three years, fairly recently, a very uh, successful one during the pandemic, and uh, I know I I'm a big novelty seeker, you know, I love new, I love a new idea, I love a new venture, I love a new thing, it almost doesn't matter what it is, I'll talk to you about it, and I get excited about it, you know, and I had a boss who just, like, knew this about me and manipulated the hell out of it, you know, and so we'd have a new idea, you know, there'd be a new idea, and she'd say, who wants to lead this? And I'd be like, ooh, 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 you know, like, up on my tiptoes, like, doing the thing with my hand, or I got her reaching high, like I was in in my third grade classroom with the answer to two two times is. <laughs> for. And uh, what I, what I understood and what I realized is that volunteerism, where I thought I would get recognition, opportunity, uh, uh, novelty, promotions, etc. Actually, what I got was more work. That's what you get. <laughs> right? right. And so, you know, everything that you volunteer for is again, likely someone else's priority that you should decide really carefully if it's your own or not. You know, mm-hmm. and we're not necessarily talking, hey, don't spend a weekend a year at Habitat for Humanity. That's not what this means, all right? This is about, hey, when the opportunities occur at work, don't be the first kid to throw your hand in the air. And, you know, one of the things I realized is that if somebody asking for volunteers will take anybody, they don't need you. Mm-hmm. In other <laughs> words, if, if I was the guy, my boss would have gone Gilson. We're doing this. I need you to lead it. You're the only person with these skills. When somebody stands up and says, hey, who wants to do this? By definition, it's not you operating at the top of your credentials. And so you shouldn't do it.
0: Just slink down into your chair a little bit lower.
2: Or I guess you could just fall asleep in that meeting, which I didn't realize was an option.
0: <laughs> but this one also um, reminds me of another situation where if you're the kind of person who is the person raising their hand for everything. It might be a tendency of you to kind of be the rescuer in the situation. I'm talking more, less in like the group dynamic, but if, if people in your life are just continually asking you to do something for them, you might be actually over-functioning for those people, preventing them from growing, and at the same time robbing you of your own agency and time that you could have otherwise spent developing yourself. So watch out for that little dynamic that can creep in
2: yeah and i think this rule is a really good example of what i was saying before which is the using using this per, this idea or this pursuit of agency as a filter right does does if i say yes to this am i increasing or or decreasing the amount of time freedom i have to pursue whatever the thing is that i i actually want to pursue um or is by saying yes to this am i giving up some of that and if i'm giving it up to to what i said before, Am I doing it with intention? Am I aware mm-hmm. that that's what I'm doing? Am I saying this is going to be worth it because X, Y, and Z? I think that, that ultimately comes down to a lot of these rules of time It's just, let's just start to be much more aware of where we are allocating these precious few hours that we have every single day and just make some make some decisions based on what we ourselves are trying to do in the world, not what is easiest, not what is simplest, not what might feel easier, nicer, better in the moment, but actually will get us to where we're trying to get to.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a common thread that runs through all these. And I like the way you said that because none of the things that we've said so far are easy to do. And Mm -hmm. that's why we don't do them. But, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, sticking with these as a filter for making decisions probably has some pretty uh, long-term potential to really change the direction of your life. I don't want to oversell it, but (laughs)
3: <laughs> oh, all right that's the move idea on. i mean <laughs> yeah. this is the idea yeah. for these to change your life and yeah i think one of the common threads i love that you said that these aren't easy you're right they're not like how uncomfortable is it to try and find a graceful way to say no to somebody how uncomfortable is it to say you know what you're meeting you can take it ball it up and do whatever you want with it but i'm not coming to it you know how hard is it to say i'm okay being bored for the next 30 minutes You know, like all of these things are difficult. And I think that's where that contrarian uh, element that we came in is if you can get through that discomfort, all the benefit lies on the other side, and you're only going to be uncomfortable for a moment.
0: Yeah. Voluntary hardship. Let, let's uh, let's move on to number five. Set boundaries and, and eliminate interruptions. You say on the site that uh, boundaries are the true parent of agency and the lifeblood of our effort to preserve our time for ourselves. Again, all the people pleasers out there are cringing at this one, but um, you're really talking about setting boundaries for ourselves. So what do you mean by that?
2: Yeah, I think, I mean, Jonathan, you said something earlier. uh, I forget. I think it was the unstructured time. I I think it was that one. But like, there's always something else to do. There's always another email to send. There's always another for you. There's another client you could send a quick text message to, right? And yeah, there's an infinite amount of things we could do. And so the first thing we have to recognize is that it's up to us to create the constraints necessary in which we can be successful. And so if it's work, it easy and we talked about this last time you know last time we chatted jonathan it's like well start to figure out what are the hours in which i do work and then have the discipline enough to know if something comes in if something feels important if an itch you know if you got if you got this itch to scratch at 7 p.m recognize that you promised yourself i'm done work at five o'clock and and starting to get into the habit of creating the constraints the boundaries necessary to have, to be able to pursue the other things. Because when when we say we want to work out an hour every single day, but we don't ever give ourselves the constraints and live within those constraints, we lose that hour, right? We lose the hour, something else will take it. Because nobody cares if you worked out today. There is not another person on earth except maybe if you have a coach and that coach is like really diligent, nobody else cares if you're going to get your deadlifts in today. You are the only one who's going to care about your deadlifts. And so if you are willing to give up that hour, that 90 minutes, whatever, that you need to get those in, then the world will happily give you something else to do. And so I think for me, boundaries, especially as it relates to time, is about getting really clear on when when do I do this thing? And then being disciplined enough to say, I said that this was the time I was going to do that thing. And so now it's my, now it's my job to go do that thing. Even if that thing is 30 minutes of deadlifts.
3: Yeah. And you know, just to piggyback on that, I think it's as important to say, I do this thing during this time. I end my work at this time, et cetera, as it is to say, here's what I don't do during this time. So for Mm -hmm. instance, I don't pick up my phone on Sundays. It's in another room. It's off. I don't care what's happening. Mm -hmm. It doesn't exist. Right. And so if you're setting boundaries don't just think i need to set boundaries on other people right so pat wants to do his deadlift he has to make sure the kids aren't coming into the garage somebody else is watching them his phone's off etc you know you also need to make sure that what are all the things you're not doing you know so don't bring in uh the the phone so that you can scroll instagram in between sets you know uh what is it that you're allowing to happen yourself that's interrupting you. So these are really simple things, right? And electronics, notifications, screens, email, people. One of the other things that's really interesting about setting boundaries is the opportunity to do it is limited with other people. In other words, it's really hard to do when you're midway into something. And it's really, really easy to do at the beginning. And so one of the things I do with my consulting clients is say, you know, we meet for an hour a week or we meet for two hours a week. That is the only time I'm going to be available to you. If you text me, I'm not going to answer it. If you email me, I will read it at our session. If you care for me to do that, well, that's how we're using our time. You know, uh, if we're doing an analysis, I'm not doing it on my own time. I'll do it and you can watch the spreadsheet Olympics. And so, you know, (laughs) it's kind of, you get this opportunity at the outset of anything a job, a relationship, et cetera, to say, what are these boundaries? And that's really the prime time to do it.
2: Yeah. And then and then being diligent enough to default to no and limit recurring commitments, right? Mm-hmm. All the things that creep into those constraints that you've set, uh, those expectations that you set for sure. And then the, the last thing I said, just on the, elim- the eliminating interruptions, I think, and I was just thinking about this recently, I, I genuinely think that the ability to focus on something for 90 minutes or 2 hours without interruption is genuinely a superpower in the the world that we live in. And so absent of nothing else, absent of skill or talent or 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 or, or opportunity, developing the 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 ability the muscle to to pay attention to something for 90 minutes or 2 hours straight uninterrupted without needing to pick up your phone without needing to go get a snack without needing is genuinely a superpower. And if you could pull that off, I I, I believe that you can basically write your own ticket.
0: Yeah. You can come work for digital barbell.
2: Heck yeah.
0: (laughs) yeah. Um, Oh, you just made me. Default to no, Pat. Default to no.
2: (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
0: oh yeah. I remember what I was going to say, you know, uh, back to J- what you were talking about, John, about having kind of the strict rules around guarding your own time, you know, both for yourself and having expectations with clients and stuff. I think like when we started digital barbell, we weren't very good about that at all. You know, we, it was kind of like 24 hours a day, seven days a week, send us a message and your expectation should be that we'll reply pretty quick. But, um, you know, it was afraid to kind of transition away from that, that we are off at five o'clock. We are off on the weekends. Um, but what I've found is, and this is true for, I think, a lot of things in life, people people want to be like that. So when they see somebody model that for them, they actually respect them more instead of resent the fact that they're sticking to the rule. So, you know, mm. it's still something that I struggle with, but I recognize now that there is a benefit to doing it both in that person's eyes and the, what it, the impact that it has on my own life. Does that make sense?
3: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Uh, It's ironic that you will be more respected the more you say no and the more you have boundaries.
0: Yeah. Try to get a hold of like a famous person, you know, they're like, no. (laughs) That's why their time is valuable. Okay. What was that? That was number, that was number five. Last, last one, respond slowly and carefully. This one basically flies in the face of communicating through social media at all. And every tool developed in the last 20 years. Uh, but you have a plan for how to do this on the on the website. You guys remember what that is?
3: Uh, I think that uh, I could take a whack at it, but right. uh, I wasn't ready cuts. for the I wasn't ready for the <laughs> quiz. What did we uh, what, <laughs> it, <laughs> what did we write on the website? Basically,
0: about slowing the pace of communication, and I think this kind of ties in with the last one too.
2: Yeah, it's it's the anti Slack program.
0: That's right. You use an example about, you know, constant streams of Slack messages coming in. I think it boils down mostly to expectations, doesn't it? It's
3: about manipulating expectations without ever uh, stating them explicitly. So, you know, if you send me an email and I respond to it in five minutes, you're going to think I always respond to your email in five minutes. And it's going to cause two things. It's going to cause the substantive content of your emails to get smaller and smaller and smaller. Right. I'm going to get the email on Saturday. That's like, sup, bro? Question mark. Thoughts? Question mark. Right. (laughs) Uh, You know, instead of, hey, I was thinking about going for a mountain bike ride. I'd love it you to join me. We're going to be at the trailhead at 9 a.m. If you can make it, please just let me know. Otherwise, I'll just plan to see you there. Completely different, you know. And so when you it's responding slowly to keep the cadence low. In other words, the expectation of a response in 48 hours will be generated by sending a response in 48 hours. The other thing is when you do respond to respond with substance uh, so that you don't just get yourself involved in a game of Pong, you know, like, Mm what's up, bro? Thoughts? Question mark, right? Yo, nothing. You? Right. Mm -hmm. And, And it becomes this kind of silly time distraction. I think that the other thing that I noticed is that. Some communications are emotionally inflammatory. Somebody will ask you to do something. Somebody will send you a, hey, just an FYI. And it turns out that FYI is, you know, uh, no more vacation time on, on December 25th, you know, that kind of thing. And we have this tendency to come up with the wrong speed reaction, kind of that that type two immediate like rah, reaction, and we fire it off, and therefore we have to deal with the consequences, yeah. where if you sit back and say, okay, what is the intelligent, smart way to respond to this that's going to minimize future communication, that's going to get me what I want, that's going to keep me on the upper trajectory of of health wealth and time freedom uh giving yourself the time before responding to actually think about that becomes this incredibly powerful thing Mm -hmm.
0: subtitle for this one chill out
2: Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah i also think there's a there's an interesting connection to kind of some of the things we talked about earlier with the defaulting to know in that responding slowly and carefully is taking the responsibility of this communication seriously taking the responsibility of like, I'm going to let this, I'm going to make this go at the speed, at the cadence, at the depth that I want it to go to versus gosh, it just feels so much better. Just send it back. Just it's yours now. I don't want I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to take the responsibility for this, for what we're doing for, for this particular um, conversation. And so here it's yours again. And that's really easy to do. Two sentences, you know, answer, boom, back. I don't think about it again. And so a lot of these, all of these rules, all of these rules across, Health, wealth, and time—I think ultimately really are about wrestling your own responsibility to the things that matter, even when that responsibility might be uh, might feel um, socially unacceptable in an odd way, right? Because defaulting Mm -hmm. to no is like it's—it's far more socially acceptable to say yes to it, right? Um, And I think it's just ultimately about recognizing the importance and the power of taking responsibility over these three primary levers in our lives. Because when we do that, if we do that, or the better that we do that, the closer, the faster, the more opportunities we have to move towards agency. And again, just to tie it all back, it's not agency for the sake of agency. It's not so that John and I can go sit on a beach and stare at the ocean all day long forever. It's so that we actually have the the power, the time, the ability, the space to do what we're sent here to do, to do what to do what really lights us up, not what lights somebody else up, not what we're supposed to be doing, not what somebody else wants us to do, but the unique thing that we were all sent here to do, whatever that thing might be. And so remembering that in order to have a life in which we have impact, it starts with having a life in which we exercise our responsibility over whatever levers we might have, because only then do we earn the right to have agency. Only then do we earn the right to have any amount of impact.
0: There's the sound clip right there, producer. Clip that one out for me. <laughs> 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 no, that was awesome. John, do you have anything to
3: add to that? I mean, that would be suicidal to add to that. <laughs> yeah, 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 nice work. I, I that was that.
0: good, that's why he's the I writer. You guys are both writers. Okay, let's. Uh, those are the six rules for optimizing yep. agency over over your life. As far as time goes, let's briefly go through the behaviors. We'll just spend a little bit of time mm-hmm. on them. Cause I want to leave uh, a little bit of bait out there for people to go to the website and read through. Cause you guys have written explanations on the website for each of the rules, each of the behaviors. I really want people to go check that out, but let's touch on it to kind of give them an ap- an appetizer of what to go look for uh, number one behavior. Go ahead, Pat.
2: No, I was just gonna say Gilson, do a little rapid fire with each one of these. Just like, okay. just hit them.
3: Oh, okay. All right. Whoever wrote, uh, whoever wrote
0: the copy on the website will be most prepared for these. So
3: yeah, you guys got together and we're like, let's quiz Gilson. That's what happened. Before <laughs> he's he's, right, he's so.
0: looking off. He's looking off to the, open the web page right now. I can yeah. see. Yeah, this. yeah, exactly. Not, not a bad uh, idea.
3: Okay, so the behaviors of the time aware number one, choose more time instead of more income. In other words, uh, escalating levels of income, unless you're really smart and intentional about it, tend to come with more time demands. In other words, uh, you become the VP at Corporation XYZ. I guarantee you're answering things uh, before hours and after hours. I guarantee you that all of a sudden your meetings don't end at at 5 p.m. They end (laughs) at 6.30 or 7 p.m. And so be very aware of that. And if you already have sufficient wealth, if you have enough money to live your life the way you want to live it, choose more time instead of more income. You will be presented with that opportunity. I'll interject Uh,
0: on this one. Just say for all, we have a lot of business owners that are clients, and I want them to hear that um, there's a trade-off here. Scaling is not necessarily the best choice for you. Take a step back and look at what life you're trying to build for yourself and decide if you if just creating more income yeah. is just going to take away from that life that you're trying to build
2: yeah and a lot of people a lot of people try to they think okay i'm going to build all the income now and then i'll have time and health down there somewhere down there but the damn goalposts keep keep moving and they never get to down there
3: yeah yeah uh number two allow enthusiasm to dictate action this is derek Sivers's. uh no or hell yes rule essentially uh right. if you are not fired up if this doesn't if this does not light up your imagination and you have any option at all say no uh we have as human beings fomo uh the fear of missing out and uh you have an internal, uh, should you fear missing out a detector that is stronger than your initial impulse. And so if you're fired up about something uh, and let's go ahead and just put a little bit of time before that, get fired up about the initial idea, wait 48 hours. If you're still fired up, it's something you can probably say yes to as long as it doesn't compromise your your health or wealth inordinately. I like that one a lot. Uh, number three, uh, decline with grace. Yeah, we talked about this. None of these rules, although they're stated very they're very pithy, you know. They're aphorisms. They're three or four or five words. Like it's not an asshole excuse. Like you don't get to <laughs> you don't get to be mean because you're defaulting to no. And so, learning how to deliver and know that the recipient appreciates getting uh, is an art uh, and, and one that you would be uh, well served to learn. Uh, number four: set aside ample time for building and maintaining health. It takes longer than you think to be healthy. Uh, it takes time to cook your own meals and eat unprocessed foods. It takes time to grocery shop. It takes time to stretch. If you're not warming up before your workouts and you're 42 like I am, like the, there is a penalty associated <laughs> with that lack of warm up and that lack of cool down. Uh, and health isn't just physical, you know, to connect with friends, etc. Uh, the argument here is not that you get more time by setting aside time. It's that you will get more productive use of the time you spend in creation or in professional aspects when you restore yourself properly. And so set aside that time to restore yourself properly. properly. So when you are working, you're working with focus and determination.
0: I think a lot of parents probably struggle with this one. Um, you know, feeling Mm -hmm. that setting aside time for their own health is selfish because of the needs of their family. Um, you've got kids, I don't think, Patrick. I,
2: yeah. I, yeah. I, I probably, I, if I had to guess, I would say it's not, I think that's a surface level, uh, excuse for why it is such a, it's such a challenge, but I, I think honestly, it just comes down to, it's just harder. It's just harder because there are more things to do. And so it's harder to say yes to a difficult thing than it is to say yes to an easy thing. And an easy thing is I'll just I'll just go clean up the kids room because I got to do that, too. Right. And so it's just about recognizing that health is very rarely convenient. But that's okay.
0: Yeah. And you're taking away time with, you know, from your kids when you go earn an income to provide for them too. You don't feel guilty about that. You look at it as a beneficial thing. So maybe flipping it on its its head and thinking about prioritizing your health through that lens.
3: Yeah. And let your kids see you model that behavior. I mean, if you, if I really wanted to set somebody up to win in the world, I would want them to take care of themselves physically, mentally, and otherwise. And so I imagine modeling that behavior for your children is not time poorly spent
2: that's a great <laughs> right. example and another example you know it's it's a parallel to this which is like something ryan holiday says a lot Which is just like let your kids see you reading books why not because they give a shit about the book but because when they grow up they think i'm a per- I, we read books here that's what mm-hmm. we do right instead of well i just he was he played a lot of video games so maybe that's what i do maybe that's what we do around here uh and so what we do around here is an incredibly powerful thing what we do around here is you know we don't we don't spend all day on tv we, we go out in the garage and we work out cool you don't have to teach them anything else that's it yeah. that's the lesson they need
0: and going back to something we said earlier probably just as important as uh, what we don't do around here
3: yes yeah yeah, yeah. absolutely uh number five decompress with intention I have seen more people exist in the liminal state between work and rest than are willing to live in work or rest. You know, it's the it's the person who's like, yeah, I'm off at five. I'm just going to look at my messages one more time just to make sure that, you know, some inexplicable fire drill didn't make it through the firewall, you know, or I'm going on vacation, but you can reach me at the bat phone number. Because I'm that I'm that important, you know. Yeah. Uh, I need Commissioner Gordon to be able to know, you know, wh- how to get me. And so, you know, this this behavior of the time aware of decompressing with intention really goes into that idea of setting boundaries and eliminating interruptions, and it enables that. Treat your rest time as your rest time, even if it's 15 minutes between meetings. Yep. Shut the laptop, turn off the phone. You cannot get a restorative benefit from scrolling social media at the same time that you're trying to rest, they're not the same activity. Uh, and so, you know, we delve into that idea with our behavior. Number five, decompress with intention. I like
0: that one. I couldn't say anything better about that.
3: Yeah. And number six, and we talked about this a little bit with the setting boundaries, it's establish expectations at the outset, uh, every relationship, every project, uh, every interaction with the world, you have the opportunity when you start something new to decide how it's going to go you can you can define the rules there's nothing to say you can't bust out the checkerboard and decide every piece is kinged from minute one and you know when you do you get a qualitatively different game and so understand that and be willing to put that person uh, be that person who has the meta thought that says yes we are doing this together here are the rules i propose we abide by mhm In doing so, you gain the sovereignty over time rather than surrendering it to where most people surrender it to, which isn't each other. They surrender it to whatever happens, happens, which, you Mm. you know, yields that super hyperactive machine gun interaction with no expectations, or they yield it to somebody else who is living in, in a world that's not time aware. And so take that power for yourself.
0: This one's super powerful outside of dealing with other people too. And even with yourself being clear about your own expectations for your own behavior, like, you know, and and talking with clients that are going on vacation, like, let's talk about what our expectations are for this vacation, Mm -hmm. as far as your nutrition and your training goes that way, not only do you have a roadmap to follow based on whatever outcome you want, but you feel good about it when you come back, whether that decision was to train like regular or to not train at all and eat like a dumpster. Like we fulfilled the (laughs) expectation. You know what I mean? Like avoiding that feeling that you're failing because you, as long as you thought about it, you had a clear expectation, you know, for a meal, for a weekend, whatever you did, what you said you were going to do and you feel good about it.
3: Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. We put the most demanding expectations on ourselves, you know, to the, the implicit ones, you know? And so it's not only define them, sometimes it's like, Hey, it's okay to dial that back to not. Yes.
0: Yeah, for sure. Just it's about being intentional with what, what you, what your intention is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, this has been really cool. I would definitely recommend everybody go to the website and check it out. And, uh, if you guys don't talk about the, uh, health side of things on somebody else's podcast, then we'll have you back soon to talk about that one. But, um, I'm I'm curious, like what's the plan for optimal agency? Is this going to be a program that people can go through guided for a cost? Is it going to be a course you guys going to travel the world giving lectures? What's the plan?
3: I'll say the plan yeah, right now.
2: Ahead. The plan right now is to get as many people to take uh, what we've called the HWT score, which is just a mm-hmm. questionnaire we put together. Um, 60 questions takes about five, 10 minutes. Uh, and what it spits out on the other end is just where you are across these three, Primary ingredients of agency. And so for us, the most important thing right now is just getting people to understand the importance and the interdependence of these three things. And just getting like having that, 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 that data point, that, that flag in the ground and say, this is where I am today across these three things. Um, and then what we do from it from there, I think is I'll let John kind of give his thoughts, but uh, I think right now our, our primary uh, aim and goal is to just get people thinking about these three things that often we think about as unrelated and separate, right? To kind of what I said before, like the thing you suck mm-hmm. at the most. Well, it's really easy to not think about that one at all and only think about the the things you like. And so for me, for us, I think it's about bringing them all into one conversation, getting people to get their heads around the the idea that they that we're aim we should be aiming for a balance across all three, and then what we do on the other side of that, I think, is going to be exciting. But um, I'll let John speak to that.
3: Yeah, I, you know, in terms of the business plan, this is the first time in my life, literally, where there isn't one. Uh, I've reached a stage of agency myself where I have ample free time, uh, and ample wealth, and ample health to be able to say, "What impact do I want to have?" and I, and uh, had the joy of getting my best friend to get roped into that with me. Uh, and so getting people over to optimalagency.co, uh, let us know, do these, do these ideas resonate with you? Take that HWT questionnaire, see where you stack up. Tell us if we're onto something, tell us if we're not and and listen to our podcast. And if it makes your life better, uh, shout, you know, your, your feedback's what's going to tell us where to go next.
0: I'm excited. That's great, man. Well, I'll put links to uh, your website and uh, and your podcast in the show notes this episode. I clicked on the, uh, are you calling it a quiz? The H- HW? Yeah. The, I, yeah I,
3: I, the, the output is a HWT score. The input is the HWT questionnaire.
0: Okay. I'm going to take it today. I downloaded, I clicked the link yesterday, but I hadn't taken the time to, to take awesome. it yet. So I'll do that later today. All right, guys. I I really appreciate uh, you taking the time to do this. Wish you guys nothing but the best with this project. I think it's going to help a lot of people. So um, you guys go get after it. Check out the website.
2: Thank you.
0: All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you all for listening. We truly appreciate it. But real quick before we go, do us a favor and subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review. Be sure and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at digital barbell for all of the latest and greatest free content. If you're interested in working with Blakely and I, we'd love to talk apply for coaching with the link in the description of this episode or by visiting digitalbarbell.com. We'd love to talk about helping you reach your goals with a training and nutrition program built just for you. Thanks again and have a great day.